everybody, and welcome to Good Luck High Five, episode 423. That's right. It's a magic podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you're sitting at home jamming some arena, or you're getting your fingers all set for Time Spiral Remastered. <laughs> By doing those little finger push-ups, you Yeah, know. exactly. you got to get ready to shuffle. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about a lot of cool, fun stuff that's upcoming in the future of Magic. That's right. There's been a whole bunch of new information introduced. And while usually we only cover that on our news show, The Upkeep, which is always every Monday, 10 minutes or less, all of the news you need, we thought that all of this news needed some more discussion. There's a lot of big news, including the restructuring of Hasbro to make Wizards of the Coast digital publishing like its own new division in Hasbro, Mm -hmm. the adding of universes beyond with uh, special sets, including Lord of the Rings, Warhammer 40k we'll talk about that uh plus um time spiral remastered yeah. coming up we'll even talk about time spiral original what even was it <laughs> yeah we were talking the answer <laughs> is kind of confusing <laughs> we were talking on the show last what was it last we were like what even is ice what age is ice age now yeah. is, what even is time, time spiral? spiral before our time spiral so yes. we will let you know what that's all about and we've got to look at standard because we just had the call time league weekend for the mpl and mm-hmm. rivals league and we're going to give you an update on what exactly is happening in standard now that call time has Ooh, finally hit real we big finally shake got up the happening show over there. on the big stage yeah exactly and what deck should you be playing on the ladder on Arena? And which one should you definitely not be? Oh, yeah, we definitely have advice on that. Yes, there (laughs) is an answer. But before we do all of that, a huge thank you to everybody who makes the show happen every single week over on patreon.com slash glhfmagic. That's right. Thank you so much to everyone who has ever taken a couple of minutes, because that's all it takes, out of their day to toss a couple of dollars our way. Specifically, shout out to Kylie and Alex, new patrons since last week. Thank you so much, Kylie. Thank you so much, Alex. It really does mean so much to us every dollar that comes our way. Yeah, absolutely. The show and all of our content, in fact, mm-hmm. is always 100,000% free to anybody who wants it. That's but the right. reason it can be free is because people like you are out there helping to support the show. So if you have the means, even just a dollar or $5 a month gets you into our squirrel level access to our discord and a bunch of other awesome benefits, please consider becoming a member. It takes no time at all. And you'll support creators you love. If you're like, I wish there was a way today that I could feel good. Boom. Become a patron. Become a patron. You'll automatically feel awesome. It just it just happens. I don't know. Science. Thank you as well to our sponsor, Card Kingdom. Cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. A wonderful place to get all of the things that you need to play magic. If you are excited about getting your hands on some Time Spiral remastered in paper... They are the place to go because you will have it faster than time flies. Faster than time spirals. Yes. Even. <laughs> Pre-orders are now open on their website, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Make sure to use that link to buy whatever you want over there. That's our affiliate link. You can say good luck, high five. In your order, they'll give you a sticker or some tokens. Uh, yeah. Just an awesome little perk for letting them know you listen to our show and use Card Kingdom. Just basically the best place to buy anything magic related for your magical life. Standard. We're kicking out the show with Standard because like we've been, I think, kind of complaining about the past few shows, like we haven't had a big banner tournament to let us know what the pros say to play in Standard. Yes. And 
sometimes the pros are wrong. Yeah, that's true. We'll talk <laughs> about that. Too. So many of them were going into this weekend and mono white aggro was kind of like the the hubbub around the new town. kid in town. Exactly. Everyone was like, oh, people are going to bring mono white aggro Ooh. and they think it's good. Well, plenty of people played it. That's right. It did only have a 41.6% win rate. Wowza. Not which good. Is pretty rough. Not good. Yeah, we've been waiting for a while to kind of see what would float to the top of call time mm-hmm. after the new set was released. Are we going to see entirely new decks with new cards? I kind of think that's not necessarily the case. Call time, it appears, yeah. has been adding some sprinkling, some toppings, if you will, the Bako <laughs> bits uh, on top of standard that already existed. Yeah. So we're going to talk through some of the decks that uh, the players brought and how they performed thanks to MTG Data for a look at their the rivals and MPL League weekend data here. Um, Megan, yeah. hit me with the hit me with the best shot. Ooh, so the best deck, even though so this data is a little skewed because there were only four players on it. Okay, but it was a Naya mid range deck. Oh. So a bunch of players brought Naya Fury, yes, which is a Naya deck that, in addition to having Showdown of the Scalds, has Goldspan Dragon. Unleash Fury and Kazul's Fury for this kind of like wild combo that you can do, right? Because if you target Goldspan Dragon with Unleash Fury, you just get that treasure back. Yes. Uh, and you can also, so you can like hit them for eight. Uh, you can then, you can Kazul's Fury and like fling your creature at them. Right to the face. Exactly. One to deal shot the em. rest of the damage. Um, Showdown of the Scalds putting plus one, plus one counters on things as you're doing this only makes it like more potent. Yes, absolutely. So it kind of has this combo feel. And that was what a lot of Naya players were on. And right. that deck did do solidly. Yep. 53% of okay. win rate. Yeah, not bad. But the Naya mid-range deck was kind of like, hey, we're, st- we're still going to use Showdown of the Scalds because that card's dumb. Draw four cards. Yeah. Put counters on things. But we're going to forego gold span. We're going to forego like this combo thing. And that deck, like 66.7% win rate is just wow. exceptionally high. Really good. Maybe it's, I mean, there were some excellent players on it. We had Reed Duke, Ely Cassis. Mm-hmm. They both were rising to the top of their respective leagues with this deck. Uh, so if you're looking for Naya... It looks like maybe not having that combo could be the way to go and just be, I mean, you know, seriously, a little bit more linear. Just cut it out, cut out the fat. We don't need to do tricksy stuff. Looking at Reed's list, I was kind of like, what is ha- like this is just it's just boring. It's just boring. It's just boring cards. <laughs> Sorry, Jun players, I called it's your deck boring. It's just boring. You know what cards. I mean? It's just cards. It's just boring. Like there's nothing yeah. wild going on. You're yeah. just like this is a lot of value, man. <laughs> All right. So yeah, a really straightforward, honest to goodness magic deck. Yeah, Naya midrange. But after that, the next most successful deck was Teamer Adventures, sixty four point eight, and I really enjoyed this deck because it's yes. playing. You all did. Epiphany. You get to take all the turns you with this deck. You just take turns. Take, make some burbs. Take some turns. Burbs and turns. This yeah. should be called Teamer Turns. I'm just. I. I said it on the show, and I'll say yeah. it right now. I feel like people just have like a, like such a visceral reaction to, to turns. turns still after Nexus. Of Fate. I mean, like <laughs> we finally got ourselves out of the Nexus of Fate hole, and here we are once again with All Runs Epiphany. Yes, but All Runs Epiphany does exile itself, so you can't just keep doing it. Thank God. So. You know, uh, but that deck also doing very well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's like a little surprising to me. But again, it's just like some good cards. Just some good cards. Some good cards. And then you take some extra turns. Yeah. Um, Maria, there was a a deck that did abysmally. Yeah. Abysmal. Abysmal. I don't think I've ever seen a win rate this bad. (laughs) 
This is the lowest of the low, and I am surprised by it because yeah. I ran into it a bunch on the ladder. People are playing this deck. It's yes. a thing. Pros brought it, obviously, thought it would be good. Mono red aggro. Mono red. <laughs> 29.2%. More like mono dead, am I right? And like there were some players right there. Martin Yuza was tweeting that he just felt like he was just on the on the bad end of bad breaks yeah. all weekend. He was on ultimate T because like did not yes. win a single match all weekend, which is I cannot stress this immensely terrible. Yes. Like it is really bad. <laughs> and I'm not really trying bad. to make light of it because like it is so bad, right? If this is your job to be in the MPL and you've got to perform well, he slipped from fifth place to 13th place. I want to say. Yeah, that is brutal. And that is a lot of ground to make up. Now he does have time <sighs> to do it, but it can just go to show you how one bad decision bringing this mono red deck can just yeah. snowball. And then you're just like, do I have a job next year? And looking at this, it's like, it doesn't do well against anything. No. It's best matchup was against Sultai Ultimatum, which is 50%. Yikes. Was 50% over the weekend. And this is what I felt, you know, I, in the VML a couple of weeks ago, um, Chantel got me with Mono Red. Yeah. It was, it was great. Well, obviously it's a deck that can get you. That's its exactly. whole thing. But the thing is, is that like, since... Since that happened, I have been playing against it a lot also. Yeah. And I feel like now I'm at a, this place where I can sideboard correctly against it. And now it, before I would have said like I was probably 40%. Yeah. And I feel 50% now. Yeah. And like that's not where you want to be. I'm on a control deck. You don't no, want to be no. 50% against control. No, you're, you're on aggro. The whole deal is you're built to beat control. Exactly. It's just rough. Somebody else who brought this deck this past weekend was none other than Luis Scott Vargas, who also did very poorly with yes, it. Yes, I think he picked up three wins across In the, the Rivals League, yeah. So, Mono Red. Just not, not, not where you want to be. And like, oh man, I'm sorry if you like Mono Red right now, like... I'm sorry that it's not looking great for you. You know, and this was a thing, like, normally aggressive decks at the start of a format, and we put that in quotes because yeah. call time didn't really shake it up that much. But you're like, oh, yeah, play an aggressive deck. You usually have an okay time. But the thing was, since call time didn't shake up the format enough, yeah. other than adding certain cards like Showdown of the Scalds, etc., into standard, that means that decks already existed that were t tried and tested and true yeah. and had really powerful cards and could just were already set up mm -hmm. well enough to beat it. Um same could be said for Mono White, which was a 41.6% win percentage. Yeah. Not so hot either. Uh, both of these decks, which I think is really cool, had access to the card Faceless Haven. Yeah, Faceless Haven does definitely make a difference for yes. these decks. It makes them, it gives them reach, which is like mm -hmm. what we say about a card like Rammy Nap Ruins. Remember those days from Mono Red? Ugh. Sacrifice that just deal extra Rammy damage Nap to the Ruins. face. Right? It's a creature that, I mean, it's a land that you can turn into a creature, so it saves itself from wrath and that kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, both of these decks are playing all snow lands to be able to activate mm -hmm. it no problem four three smash uh. your face uh but even that wasn't enough to push no. them over the edge um i will say so i've been playing uh quite a bit of standard like yeah. like i've been enjoying it and i've felt really good in the place that i am with a not ultimate not a sultai ultimatum deck but just a sultai controlling deck mm -hmm. that i've been playing uh i've been playing it mostly in the traditional standard event just to like grind gold yeah and do you know what I almost always get to five wins with it. Just going into those mines. Exactly. Just going into those mines. <laughs> I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. But I will say if you're looking for something, um, I'm really liking this deck right now. It's nice because it gets the adventures, the teamer adventures in the Sultai Ultimatum decks because you have more counter magic and draw spells than they do. 
What a nightmare. Um, and I haven't I haven't run into Naya Dex, so I don't know how that is. I think Naya and Gruel is like a pretty rough. You know, um, but that's... if you're running into a lot of Sultai Ultimatum and Teamer Adventures, I recommend just going straight up Yori and Sultai Control. You are of the same mind as Moni Davuti, one of our experts this weekend, and Corey uh, Baumeister, who also liked playing Yori on deck. Mm-hmm. So like both of them think that's the way to go ahead and standard. I think so. so I mean, f- I've been really liking it. It's been doing right by me if you don't feel like throwing up in your mouth by playing a control deck check it out <laughs> otherwise like the, the naya mid-range deck might be for yeah. you uh, there's a cycling deck cool. that is hello once again cycling's back yeah. um pretty surprising but lishi tian did really solidly with it absolutely this it had a 56 percent win rate overall which is perfectly respectable yeah also i always feel i always feel bad for lishi tian because he's playing these events at like three in the morning. I know. And so he was talking about part of why he chose this deck was that it was just a deck that he could play quickly so he would could go to bed earlier. I mean, that's so sad. I feel so bad. Like, again, we're talking about, imagine if your job, I mean, there is like third shift, but imagine that like, yeah. You're I like, did it for five years. Yeah. It was the worst. Yeah. And that's like your job. And you have to be playing a highly competitive card Yikes. game. Yikes. Three in the morning. One of the pluses for uh, a deck like cycling in it, in fact, re- leads right into why LST played it was because it's a fairly straightforward deck to play. Cycling you know cards. If it says cycling, cycle. You cycle it. Uh, you make fairies with yep. whatever that card is. I forget the Improbable name. Improbable Alliance. Alliance. Or make a really big fox. Make a big fox. Make one big fox boy. And then you just, are you Zenith flare him to the face? Yeah. That's it. It's pretty fun. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. So um, standard overall here, big picture statement, looking pretty healthy. Yeah. You know, get on out there and try something. There is a lot of deck diversity. Yeah, exactly. There's there's something for everybody right now. Uh, Lots of different decks. Nothing is like head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. I've been legit enjoying it. Which is like something we couldn't have said about standard several months ago. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on. Time Spiral. What even was it? Yeah, Time Spiral Remastered is coming out, uh, and it's going to be a brand new set to play around. Drafting, well, I say brand new. It's not brand new. It's remastered new. Um, And if you weren't around when Time Spiral originally came out, don't worry. We're here to let you know what it was all about. Yes. So the original Time Spiral came out in 2006. Ooh, back in the days when it was black and white TV. Uh, There was a dust bowl. Yeah. When uh, uh, dogs ruled the earth and men were there servants yeah all this is true about 2006 (laughs) time i barely remember uh so uh the story behind time spiral is that like dominaria is falling apart after the war with the phyrexians like they beat them but the plane is just like in bad shape yeah and teferi realized that the connection between the land and its mana was coming apart like whatever that means okay don't know but anyways like people and places and things just kind of keep like disappearing and reappearing all over the place. Fingernails are falling out at random. What? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I did not say I that. Just, that's just the image that came to mind when you said the the people. What did you say? The plane and its mana are coming apart. Are coming apart. That's okay. All Very right. creepy. Very creepy. So Teferi and Freilis are like, we're going to fix it. But the whole idea is that, like, right, things are just coming, like, going in and out of time. Yeah. Uh, and so the the whole set was about, like, messing with time. Okay. So it had a couple of um, mechanics that it introduced that were about messing with time. It had suspend and split second. Sure. 
Yeah. Plus, this is when Flash was keyworded. So the idea, right, is that these are all things that kind of mess with the traditional concept of how time moves in in games of magic. And Um, just in case you don't know what suspend is, um, that's where you basically get to pay a discounted cost for casting a card and it goes over into suspend the suspend zone (laughs) into exile. And then it comes back. It comes into play after it's allotted time in suspend. Yeah, that's right. So it like has some counters on it and each upkeep you remove a counter and then eventually you get to cast it yeah and uh, split second is really weird yes split second is like hyper instant yeah it's like instant instant yes like once it's on the stack nothing else nothing, can go on nothing the stack. can happen literally nothing. nothing you can't tap creatures you can't activate abilities you can't you can't do anything no responding it is split second it is split second uh and then flash obviously things can come into play on your opponent's turn or yeah. well, you know not only when you could cast sorceries that's cool. Yeah. So that was kind of like the whole the whole idea behind it. But it also had a ton of mechanics from all over because the idea was that like all this stuff from the past was oh, also getting mixed up. I see. So you had stuff like buyback and flashback and morph, just not a ton of them. Okay. So all of these things were fair game in Time Spiral. And this was a three set block. Yes. That included um, Future Sight. Yes. Which I think is pretty cool. Um, future site notably uh, introducing that new border onto oh, cards yeah. back in the day and having cards that, you know, they were like, oh, maybe this will go into a set in the future. Yeah. And then it eventually did. Um, and so so they designed like kind of really weird cards that didn't seem to have fit any set that had already happened <laughs> because they were going to happen in the future. Oh, wow. Um, there was also a big part of it was these time shifted cards. Yeah. Which was this special special sheet um, with cards from Magic's past that got printed. So you could randomly open these cards that weren't in the set. Messing with time. Um, but were in the boosters because they had been printed on this special time shifted sheet. Yeah, I think that's cool. And yeah. they're taking that idea and porting it over into Time Spiral Remastered. But now they've had quite a lot of time yeah. since Time Spiral has happened. So they're making a new, another new special sheet with uh, time shifted cards that have the old border on them. Oh, it's really cool. And so. Treasure Cruise Treasure is one Cruise. of them. Oh, I love Treasure Cruise. Treasure Cruise is back. With old border, yeah, it looks great. Oh, it it looks really cool. It's ready it looks to go to really prom good in this border. In this old border, yeah. read the bones, a card that we previewed on the upkeep yes, yesterday. We had four preview cards. Check yes. out the upkeep if you want to see also, them. Also, looks like it was made for that old border. Oh, like, it's it just gorgeous. Looks great in it. It does. It looks like it, that's how it was. Yes, absolutely. You get SRAM Senior Edifice, are one of my favorite cards of all time with yes. the old border. Uh, it's it's just it's so it's a, a really cool implementation of this idea. So if you're like, what is happening here? That's where it came from. It's from yeah. this like original idea from the original time spiral. So if you open a booster pack of time spiral remastered, you'll get one card from this time shifted sheet. So yeah. it just boop, comes right into your booster pack. So you might even open something like a mold drifter with the old border. Oh, sick. Which Marshall is already dreaming about, no doubt. <laughs> uh, but yeah, super cool. So Maria, tell us about the remastered version of Time Spiral. Okay, so yeah, this idea came up at Wizards. Like they wanted a way to draft old sets, yeah. but with kind of a new uh, feeling behind them, like new design philosophy, because a lot has been learned in, yes. since 2006 about how to make a good draft set okay in 14 years of learning (laughs) you could improve upon the 2006 
draft format. Yeah. So they're like, well, okay, what do we have to do to be able to make Time Spiral a better draft experience than it was back then? And what they did is they sat down, they looked at all the cards, and then they started to call. They were like, this does not yeah. fit. This doesn't make any sense. This is really bad in draft. Why did we ever print that? <laughs> or whatever. And they just got rid of it. All the stuff that they didn't need, including stuff that didn't really support draft themes of certain colors. So yeah. like this, uh, this is really kind of outside of the theme because they didn't really think about stuff like that back then. Yeah. Uh, so they ended up with 289 cards in Time Spiral Remastered. By the way, the the key, <laughs> the secret code name of this set back in the day was Project Cupcake, which great I think is oh, great. Oh gosh, I want a cupcake. Project Cupcake. I need to be a part of Project Cupcake, by which I just mean getting a cupcake and eating it. <laughs> I'd like to, one order for Project Cupcake, please. Yes. Uh, destination <laughs> in my mouth. Uh, yeah, so called Project yeah. Cupcake, which I think is really cute. Um, something else kind of cool about Time Spiral was all the slivers that were in it yeah. back in the day. It was a sliver set. And uh, most Magic players, fans of slivers, because they're so cool. Yeah. Uh, they ended up taking that out of all of the colors and just leaving it in red, green, and white. So there's going to be 25 slivers in this set, which is really neat. Yeah. Um, plus, we talked about that time-shifted um, page that'll be meaning one card per booster comes up with that time time shifted sheet cards. Yeah. Which will be really neat. Um, I wanted to talk about going back to old time spiral, yeah. original time spiral. Oh, gee. Um, which is <laughs> when I get older, I'm going to make people call me original and not old. <laughs> uh, do you have an original discount? Yeah, exactly. I'm an original. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so there were the Magi, like, um, one of the biggest ones is, uh, let's see, like Magus of the Disc, two white, white, it comes into play tapped, of one, one and tap, destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Mm. So this is calling back to um, Nevenerol's death, disc. Oh, yeah. There was Magus of the Jar, which is calling back to Memory Jar. Sure. So, right, these are ways, some ways that they incorporated, like, older cards that had been very powerful. Memory Jar specifically, oh, yeah. right? Like, make it a creature and, like, you've made it way less problematic than the original Memory Jar. And then there were, of course, cards like Ancestral Vision, which mm -hmm. these were suspend cards that did some really powerful stuff. Um, but instead of being busted, like Ancestral, Ancestral Recall, Recall. Um, you had Ancestral Vision, which I is suspend see. four for a single blue. So they were kind of trying to update older busted cards. Exactly. They had Lotus Bloom, right? Which is yeah. a black lotus, except it's suspend three. So you can cast it for zero, but you don't get it for three turns. So Lotus Bloom is another one of the cards that's going to be uh, reprinted with that old border, which yeah. looks really cool. So anyways, yeah, Ancestral Vision may be a card that, that you have played some with. Uh, Academy Ruins is yeah. from this set originally, which oh, you might sure. be familiar with. Ancient Grudge. Um, Living End. That's a bit oh. like, you know, I a hate staple, staple of, a, of a modern deck right there. Living End. Boggles can't beat it. Yeah. So pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Really, really cool look back at Time Spiral, what exactly it was. Uh, but upcoming... Uh, can you look up the release date for Time Spiral real quick? I want to yeah. see when we're going to be able to play with this. Yeah, and like Megan said earlier on, check out the upkeep because we had four preview cards for Time Spiral. Thanks to Wizards of the Coast for those free preview cards. You can check that out and find out what they were. They were all black and they were all very, very spooky. <laughs> all of the arts were, were highly terrifying. So <laughs> check yeah. out the upkeep on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash goodluckhigh5, or you can listen to it wherever you get your podcast because, yeah. 
uh, we also put it out in podcast form. Either way. Uh, it's coming out March 31st. All right. So the end of this month. Yeah. Wow. It's March. Yeah. It is March today. Ooh. It's going to be March. That was really strange for a lot of reasons. You know, it was a Justin Timberlake impression. Yeah. I underst- I understood the theory behind nice. what was happening. <laughs> All right, we want to talk about some of the news stirring up the magic community these days. Yeah, we had a bunch of news hit last week uh, that was just so much and so big that we had to talk about it on our show. Yes. Um, So the first one is, uh, what is it, Universes Beyond? Universes Beyond. Universes Beyond. Yep. So this is magic expanding into other IPs. Yeah, so earlier... I, was it this year, 2020, when we had The Walking Dead happen? Yes, that was last year, Yeah, I think. Walking Dead's secret lair occurred. Yes. People were out of their minds upset about it. Yes. Because they're like, what is happening? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and these cards are playable in eternal formats. Yep. Not good because they're hard to get because of secret lair. Um, so that was kind of the first peek peek into something like this. Plus the Godzilla card styles in something like Ikoria. Yeah. Magic playing around with adding different intellectual property into their brands. Um, mixed reception. Yes. But now we know they're expanding into universes beyond creating new sets based on other IPs. Yes. And they have announced the first two that they're going to expand and do Lord of the Rings and Warhammer 40K. So specifically, you know that the Warhammer 40K is going to be commander decks in 2022. Cool. And so like for people being like, eep. Yeah. uh, They were like, hey, this is not going to interfere with like Magic's normal set releases. We're still going to do all of the basic magic sets that we do all the time. Yeah, these are going to not be standard playable. That's They're right. They're separate things entirely. They have their own frames. They have their own holofoil stamp. Yep. Don't worry. It's okay. Separate. Siloed. And we want to agree with that. We just yes. want to agree with... I, I, I saw a couple of people who were just like, they're killing magic. And I don't understand how you can look at something that's <laughs> expanding the game or trying to reach new players and say it's killing the game. Don't it's it. literally helping the game live more. Yeah. I think both of these IPs are like have enormous fan bases. Yes. Um, that's going to bring new people into Magic through these supplemental sets. And maybe they'll be like, ooh, maybe I could play the base game of Magic or the, yeah. the standard playable game too. Or if you're a Magic player, you might think, oh, this would be super fun to play a game of Commander with these Warhammer decks. Why not? Exactly. And like, it's it doesn't have to affect your life if you really don't want it to. Yeah, no, you can completely ignore it if you want. Right, exactly. For me, it's like, I think it's really cool. I will admit, I don't think it's really going to influence the way that I interact with Magic because yeah. I mostly draft limited sets and I play standard. Yeah, so... So like... There's no reason, even though I don't feel like this is, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Why would I complain about it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. I want more people to play magic. I think they're probably just, those people are probably just worried that it's eventually going to seep into the game or whatever yeah. slippery slope its way in, which, you know, is a logical fallacy, but I guess I understand <laughs> why they have that fear. Yeah. But from what we've been told so far, they are completely separate things. And in 
you know, in my opinion too, it's only, can only be a good thing for the game. Mm -hmm. Getting new players, expanding to new universes. If you don't want to think about it, you don't have to. If you want to play it, you've got an extra way to play magic. Exactly. And think about it like, you know, your friends who have ever, who have always been like, oh, I don't know about learning magic. Yeah. Like if they love Warhammer already or if they love Lord of the Rings already, like what a great way to be like, hey, now come try this game because it's. Yeah. Like, check it out. It's overlapping. It's like specifically trying to bring you in. I think. And say, I, hey, come check out our game. I'm so pumped for the Lord of the Rings one. I think it could be super cool. I don't yeah. know what it's going to be or how they're going to do it. But can you imagine drafting Gandalf? Hello. <laughs> It would be so cool. Yeah. So I, I'm personally very excited for the Lord of the Rings. Um, whatever. It turns and we out could to represent be. two sides of that because do you know what? I'll be honest. I'm like whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Like it's it's cool enough. I'm not like, but I'm not wild about playing. Okay, it. which one? What would you love to see? What would be your Ooh. universes beyond big home run? Studio Ghibli. <laughs> <laughs> wow, if they could get that. Like Princess Mononoke and as a magic set. Into oh, it. wow. Okay, wizards. Really sick, right? Think about it. That think would about be very cool. it. I think people would be into it. Yeah. Yeah, uh I th I think it's I think it's a great idea. Um and mm -hmm. it, it hopefully only means more money coming in which is the coast way as well, which the the only po possible negative I've said is if they do not get enough support from this from Hasbro, meaning they don't have enough money or enough staff to be able to yes. do this, and they have their current hire staff more have to people. Work on this. That's the we only do thing. always say they just need to hire, hire more, more people. people. They look, they already needed to hire more people. Now they and now just they really need, really to, hire need to hire more people. Hire so many more people. Yeah, and which brings us to the next big part of the news. Yes, which was. Wizards is now its own division within Hasbro. That's right. So Hasbro reorganized into like consumer products, entertainment, and then all on its own, Wizards of the Coast and Digital Gaming. Wow. Which is huge. Huge. They had just been a subsidiary since 1999. Um, just like this other, like this little company under Hasbro. Yep. Being like, we're doing our own thing we're over doing here. Our just little thing. And they've been so successful. In this past year, especially. Hasbro can't ignore it anymore. Exactly. Which is, I think, thinking back on it, I've, I can remember points in the past when everyone was like, if only Hasbro would acknowledge what a big, yeah, like what a big role Watsi plays Absolutely. in their brand. Because they are doing so well and not, not all of Hasbro is. Yeah. Unfortunately, Monopoly is. <laughs> We all here know there's better games than Monopoly because you listen right? to this podcast. So you're a part of the smart ones, oh. everybody. Uh, yeah. So Anyways. last couple last year, uh, Magic was a, up 23 percent year over year from That's 2019. The, the game grew a quarter of its size over again. Unbelievable. And 2020 was the best of all of those years. Like what? Uh, what a what? <laughs> I mean, okay, for 2020, it makes total sense. Yes. What else are you doing in a pandemic playing games? You're sitting around playing games. Um, But in fact, this has increased from 2019. So like this, you have to factor in that year as well. Um, So like huge. Wild. Huge. And D&D &D increased 33%. Oh my goodness. Which is unheard of. So now they get to be their own thing. And this is, this is hugely exciting if you're fans of Wizards of the Coast or Magic because what it should mean is they get so much more support from their parent company. Yes. They get more money. They get more people. They get more people caring Hire about it. more people. That's what I hope anyway. If you take one thing away from this, 
Hire more people. Hire more people. Yeah. That's, I think that's been our one, like if we could, if we mm-hmm. could yell one thing into the yep. skies and have it be heard. Hire more people. Hire more people. Yeah. And I think a lot of the problems that fans have sometimes with the game, with the development, with, you know, even broadcasts of the, whatever related to the game is because they're like, people make the joke, small indie company. Well, Wizards is pretty small. Like yes, all things like, considered. In terms of number of people within its walls. Yes. So like, what can we do to fix that? Give them more money. Give, give them, them more, more people. Put more people in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like everything that you can say, like when standard has been bad, mm-hmm. yep. um, when cards have been too busted, it's like, okay, it's not that the playtest team isn't doing their job. It's that they have, they have 15 jobs yep. when they should have one, like, job. one job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, oh, I have to go do this work on this commander supplemental product. Have other people, like hire other people, other do people that. to go do that. Other people do that. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, like hot take over here. The people who are in charge of making like the best competitive game should not also have to be in charge of like making the best commander game. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like it, those aren't two... Those, you know, Separate magic skill is sets. such a big thing. Yeah, it's huge. And, and it, so many people play it in so many different ways that should be represented inside the company. Yeah. Um, and we know, right, like people, people inside Wizards like care about the game. They work there. They yes, work there because course. they care about the game because and they, they want love it, to be it good. so much that they want to think about it literally yes. every moment of my life, which we know people who work there. That is what they do. They think about it all the time. Constantly. All the time. They're sleeping and they're thinking about magic. They're playing around. They're thinking about magic. They're yeah. working. They're thinking about magic. So, like, it's not their fault. <laughs> yes. They just need more, more support. So, hopefully, somebody from Hasbro listens to this podcast and <laughs> they're in the position to make these decisions yes. because I think. Think it would only boost sales, revenue, whatever, all the good things that you want, head of the company, yes. uh, if you invested more in Wizards of the Coast. And one of the things that they said was that they're going to aggressively push digital gaming under yes. this new, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reorganization. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I will say right now, when you go to Wizards of the Coast's new like landing page. Yeah, they got a redesign. Yes. It shows magic being played on a phone. Yeah, because oh, they also announced when it's coming to iOS in this um, investor call, too. Oh. I can't remember off the top of my head, <gasps> but it's, you know, it's soon. Wow. It's like this year. So that'll be us, Megan. That'll be us. Playing on our iPhones. Oh, doop, my goodness. Doop, 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 doop. I don't know if I have the, like, can I focus on my phone that much? I don't know. I saw somebody uh, tweet out like, ah, I just hit mythic playing from bed on my phone. What is this world? You know, like, <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Wild, man. I know. Wild. Very, very exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, the last other, piece of news. The other piece of news. <laughs> <laughs> we touched on this the upkeep again, but we just want to take a moment to talk about drama. Okay. Oh, wow. Look, I'm a drama major. Uh, Maria knows drama. I know drama. Um, Which sounds like the title of your Disney Channel (laughs) original show. Maria knows knows drama. drama. (laughs) But yeah, there is, um, Wizard of the Coast official esports Twitter tweeted out a joke the other day. That was just, why are Tron players the way they are? (laughs) Which is objectively funny it is a funny joke it is a funny joke oh yeah we're also professional comedians so there you go that, I will that's say, our professional like, opinion listen as a control player 
part of what you I love about playing control is all of the hate that people throw your way. <laughs> like you, right, Marie? You know, you're a Boggles player. Yeah, absolutely. You're a monster. I'm a monster. And I, I, I tweeted out that I'm a Boggles player and I'm proud to stand up and say I'm a literal monster. I deserve yes. it. This deck is degenerate. Its whole deal is you can't interact with it. Exactly. My creatures all have hexproof. Like, please make fun of me. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what? If I'm just countering your spells and not letting you play magic, you're allowed to be like, you ruin fun because do you know what i do ruin fun absolutely I do. it's what i'm here for and we are here to accept these identities proudly and stand yes. behind them and say do you know what if you are a tron player you need to be able to have someone say to you why are you the way you are <laughs> You're making seven mana on turn three. That shouldn't be what a thing you, doing? you should be able what to do. What are you doing? <laughs> um, right? But people did not have that kind of reaction. No. Actually, okay. Here's, some people. Some people did not have that reaction. Yeah. Some people were like, this is, this is corporate abuse, <sighs> which is just not... It. <laughs> it's just not it it's just not it in my opinion no um, if you like i i don't even know i i don't even know how properly to discuss it because if you don't know i don't know i don't even know it's just tough um if you think that that's what bullying looks like have you have you never been bullied <laughs> I mean, I guess honest question. Not. I don't know. I mean, my takeaway from it was like we need to be able to laugh at ourselves as magic players. And I know yes. sometimes that can be hard because a lot of people who were magic players are people who were bullied, right? Yes. For being nerds or whatever in school growing up. But like I think a very healthy part of being a human being is being able to like look at yourself in the mirror and be like, haha, that is that's yes. something funny about me is I play and this degenerate being, deck. Being just like a person, but being part of a community, right? Yeah. It's like a way of and this is what I was like, I for me, that tweet and like dialogue like that is such an integral part of members of a community like existing with one another and yeah. just being like, acknowledging like a friendship, even if with people that you don't necessarily know. Right. It's yeah. like, hey, we're all part of this community. Right. We have this we have this set of jokes that we make. Boggles players are monsters. Right. Control players are mean. Yeah. Tron players are just degenerate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, why? It's a universe, some universal truth. I don't know for me that it's fair to both partake in a game and be part of its community. And then if the people who make that game make that joke being like, you can't make that joke. It's like, no, they, they helped create this community that you're part of. Yeah. Um, I just, I and I think, know. I think it's emblematic of a, of a larger problem of maybe taking ourselves as a community too seriously Yes, and like saying we, 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 we really should collectively take a step back into fun. And that doesn't mean taking a step back into being mean. It doesn't mean taking a step back into hurting people, but being able to laugh at ourselves a little bit and giving ourselves a little bit of leeway and, yes. uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Elasticity when we're existing in this community with each other, because yeah, at the end of the day, it is a game. Yeah. It is some people's jobs uh, in us included. But like, it's also a game. It's a it's a fun thing, yeah. and we hope that Good Luck High Five is a home. If like, oh, this is a fun place to be because that's what we want to curate here exactly. on our podcast. And I think that's what Wizards was trying to curate too. Yes. And I think people were kind of in this place of like, oh, it's giving you license to be mean to people over a deck choice. I think that's a little that's taking a little. I too think far. it's exactly. <laughs> um, and I also 
Real talk moment. Real talk. Real talk moment. If you tweeted in outrage about this tweet and you have never tweeted about seriously the often problematic relationship that Wizards of the Coast and the Game of Magic has had with BIPOC people, then like you need to examine your priorities. Yeah, it's a little weird. If you look at this tweet and call discrimination and you have not looked at the stories of people who have worked with in Wizards of the Coast and talked about the issues that they had there or the people who have talked about representation of the in the game and the issues that they have had there, I have to tell you, you're not actually worried about Wizards of the Coast discriminating against people. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's a hard that's truth fair. for that's me fair. right now. <laughs> um, because one set of those things is discrimination and another one of those things is not. And the Tron thing is the one that's not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, buddies, buddies, lighten up just a little bit, please, please. Uh, uh, So anyway, Wizards ended up apologizing for this tweet, if you didn't follow the drama, Um, which, (laughs) I mean, I just, that makes me sad. Also, I think we we were talking about this a little this morning, a little bit on them for being, Mm. I think, sometimes a little bit on, like, like pins and needles with their community. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it didn't even get ratioed. As you said, the true measuring stick of our time with a tweet. Yep. Did you get ratioed? Did you get ratioed? Did you have more comments than likes? Yep. And the answer is not by a long shot. No, no. Yeah. I, I think that that reaction is, I mean, like I understand why they're on pins and needles. I think lots of companies are these days, but like, and as lots of people point out in the past, like has, does Watsi do enough to like build up that kind of social cash with its right um, with its community? And I would argue that this kind of tweet is trying to build that. Yeah. Um, and like saying, Hey, I'm here with you. Like, exactly. <laughs> we <laughs> created a busted set of lands back in the day. We did and it. there are people who abuse that. <laughs> yeah. Some people are like, Oh, maybe it's a little too. Hey, fellow kids. I don't think so. I think it was a good joke. Yeah. Uh, but like, also, I also just want to call out that. <laughs> The person making those tweets is oftentimes younger than the people making Hey Fellow Kids tweets yes, at it. Yeah, that is true. It's wildly true. And also the person who made that tweet is a Tron player. Yeah. If you can look at a tweet and be like, I think that a Tron player tweeted this, then like, what are you mad about? Anyways, I don't know. So this is a large, okay. This is a larger (laughs) diatribe on. I think that like let's check ourselves as a community. I don't think people listening to the show are the offenders of this. But like, let's check ourselves before we wreck ourselves here, right? Like, we are not going to get nice things if we keep being like just dragging wizards for making a perfectly good faith joke that was light and that was within the community. Like, (sighs) yeah. Anyway, so like, yeah, just generally, that's what that's what I want the takeaway to be here. You know, like, yeah. let's have let's have fun with our game. Be um, kind. Be kind. And, and I don't think that that joke was outside of the realm of being kind. No. Like, again, for me, it felt like it's a kind joke of just being like, we all know this, right? Like, we yeah. all play this game. We all do <laughs> dumb things. Yeah. So, you Anyways. know, that's that's our soapbox <laughs> for this <Okay>. episode. <laughs> point of the show when we say thank you to another one of our sponsors ultra pro that's right ultra pro makes fantastic accessories um like these lovely like one of our favorite things check it out score pads yeah these are great these are life total notepad notepads 60 pages 
They lay flat. Yeah. Um, they're like color, like the lines go in alternating colors, right? They kind of have like that like ledger feel. Yeah. So it's really it's nice and like clean to look at. These are going to be yeah. the number one thing you want in your bag when you're going to the GP other than your deck, of course. Uh, yes. Back when we can do that again. Um, they're they're fantastic. I always have one. They're like nice and like slim to fit in your bag. Yep. It's like the number one thing that I always forgot or I just like didn't bring with me and wished that I had every time I was at an event. And your opponent thinks you're super cool because you got a sweet notebook yeah. to put your life total in. And do you know you what? Know? Like, yeah, you can use your phone when you're playing casually, but you don't want to accidentally bump that at a like, you know, at a real life event. And then you, you can't use your phone. At a real life event, that's right. Yeah. You can't, and uh, um, you can keep track of your matches, what decks you played against, so you oh, can like keep in track, keep, keep track of like, oh, maybe I should improve. think about this about my sideboard. Um, and there's a bunch of different arts you can get as well. So this is a beautiful little owl here, but they have a brand new art from Kaldheim on these notebooks as well available. So they've got it all, yeah. man. Well, everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. That's all right. Thank you so much for listening this week as we talked through Time Spiral and had some soapbox moments. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited for Magic's future because of this news about Hasbro, them doing so yeah. well over the past couple of years, becoming their own division, universes beyond. I, mm -hmm. I'm just like, only good things can be coming for the game. I think so. That's how I'm I feel. Excited. Yeah, super excited, super optimistic for the future. We've got Strixhaven on the horizon, Time Spiral at the end of this month. We've got the Call Time Championship on yeah. the way, which will be really fun to watch. Standards like, in a in a nice place right now. There's yeah. no number one busted deck. Wow. This is like we're living in a magic renaissance right now. Yeah. We are Michelangelo. I am William Shakespeare. <laughs> And this is the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> hey, Marie. I, I, William Shakespeare worked on it. What's the most obscene thing that you compared your podcast to ever? I think oh, about it when I said it was like the Sistine Chapel. This has been <laughs> Hamlet. <laughs> Please check out our other podcast, The Upkeep, for all the magic news and patreon.com slash glhfmagic. If you want to become a supporter of the show, get a shout out on the next episode and do something that'll make you feel good to support the creators you love. Uh, <laughs> I got to go write an, an, an epic play now. That's right. Join us next week for the podcast equivalent of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs>